In this episode of Upward Calling, we talk about being a servant. Welcome to Upward Calling. We help Christians develop a relationship with God by talking with University Church of Christ evangelist Josh Creel and Dr. Kenny Embry. Listen as we take a deeper dive on a lesson from a recent Sunday service and help you apply it Monday through Friday. How you doing, Josh? Kenny, I'm doing great, other than the fact that I'm in the third week of a three-week cold, apparently, but uh, I don't feel bad. I understand. Um, most of the cough is gone, uh, and I'll try not to uh, be having the sniffles um, while on microphone, but we'll see. You know, <laughs> well, I don't know if you can edit that out. That'd be pretty good, but yeah, uh, that's um, right. otherwise, otherwise doing pretty well. Hope you are as well. Doing pretty well. Katie got her booster, COVID booster shot, and did not expect for it to do anything to her, and it's really kind of throwing her for a loop. So, yeah, it's it, it, exciting times at the Embry house as well. Did neither of the first two shots do anything? Because both Jan and I on our first two, we were feeling kind of rough the next day. The second one, uh, three or four of loop just a little bit. But this one, this one, I would say, probably has thrown her for a loop a lot more. Josh, I hope you feel better. I hope we feel better at our house, too. <laughs> Listen, man, today you started talking about basically this idea of, of being a servant. And I thought it was an excellent beginning here. Or it, really, I mean, you're in in this mini series on uh, being a disciple. You started by, out by talking about serving one another and and uh, our unequal status, and that unequal status is is a good thing. How does that work? Given the, that there may be some who are listening to this who haven't listened to the sermon yet, yeah, where the points from our, our lesson this morning have come from are from Philippians chapter 2, yeah. where we are exhorted in verse 5 to have the attitude of Jesus. If we're going to be servants, we have to have the same attitude as Jesus. Right. And what that attitude is, is delineated beginning in verse 6. And, and so the first thing it talks about is, and, and I'll paraphrase here because I, I traditionally read from the New American Standard, and this is one of the passages where it's wordiness and it's it's... It's trying to hold to a literal translation, and it doesn't necessarily come across the best in the world. It, yeah, it's very yeah. it, very dense. But the point of verse 6 is Jesus, he, he is deity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made this whole discussion about form and what that meant to the Greeks in, in, a, in that thinking. He is deity, but he didn't cling to that. And that's kind of the translation I like. He was going to come to earth. He didn't stop being divine. Right. But he did not cling to this position of, of being with the Father and being in glory. And in fact, in John 17, in Jesus' prayer there, he even asked that, that God would bring him back to his glory, you know, the glory that we shared. So there's this, there's this recognition that Jesus on earth, while still deity, he sacrificed a lot. Yeah. And, and the point is, he did that. Even though he is equal with God in the standpoint that he's deity, yet to serve, he he took an, on an unequal role. He mm-hmm. took on an unequal role with God the Father, of course, but even in a sense took on an unequal role with us because he gave himself for us. He he viewed us as being better and more important. To to get to our equality and unequality. We, again, we read in the New Testament, we, we are one, we are, we, you know, we're viewed the same in Christ, Yeah. but to be of service, I, I'm supposed to submit myself, I'm supposed to humble myself, and so the, the role of a servant is 
I have to look at you as more important than myself. Doesn't doesn't change the fact that we're equal in Christ, but I have to look at your needs as more important than my own. And, and that that comes into play in so many ways. You know, if if there's someone sick, if they need me, and that, that could be, you know, in a variety of ways. And, and I think of, of particularly some of our sisters at, at university who do so much in taking mm-hmm. um, some of our elderly sisters to doctor's appointments yeah. who, who, you know, are constantly in contact with them. They are a walking embodiment of seeing themselves in this unequal role. They are not as important in their minds as these sisters that they're taking care of. Right. And that's what this is all about. That's that. And if you have a whole congregation of God's people that are doing the same, that's when the harmony and the and the love and the unity truly exist. You made the point that it's important that we empty ourselves. That's a hard thing to do, Josh. What, what, what do you mean by empty yourself? I think I know what you mean, but what, what, what do you mean? Well, I'll, I'll go again to uh, the text here, and what it says of Jesus in verse 7 is that he emptied himself. Yeah. And again, that doesn't mean he ceased being God, because even his name uh, as given in Matthew 1 about Emmanuel, God with us, uh, you know, he he is deity in the flesh. So he didn't he didn't stop being God. Right. But he laid aside the position. He he divested himself of of the honors and the glories of heaven. Coming to earth in the form of man, looking like us, being flesh like us, and doing all of this so that ultimately he could die on the cross. Mm-hmm. That is how Jesus emptied himself. What that means for us is, well, I, I think a couple of things. I might be uh, whatever any of us are in life. I don't necessarily stop being that when I when I serve someone else, but I may very well have to divest myself of of whatever importance and whatever accolades and whatever glory you know this world or or other people may bestow on me. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 can easily go to our heads and 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 make us you know feel about ourselves in ways that we should not. Well. I'm going to have to divest myself of that. I'm going to have to lay that aside. You know, you could be the president of a bank, and you're still going to be the president of the bank. When it comes to, though, being a servant, you're not the president of the bank anymore. Right. Unless you being the president of the bank is going to help you serve somebody, which that may be some uh, federal um, uh, (laughs) problems there. So don't do that uh, if you're going to, you know, get in trouble. But you you understand what I mean? Yeah. I I have to divest myself of a position to then take the position of a servant for someone else. And of course, what that also means is then, then the things that I have and, and we, you know, the things we focus on typically are our material possessions, our money, and, and certainly our time. I'm going to have to divest myself of that too. Uh, if, if, if someone is in need of helping to, to pay their rent, then I may have to step up and help pay that. Yeah. And so I'm divesting myself of, of, of my money. Um, if, if someone is in need, uh, of food, well, then that means this week we're not only buying groceries for our family, we're, we're helping to buy groceries for their family too. And so I'm divesting myself of, of that and, and certainly the time element. Uh, and that may be the, the, the thing that we find the most difficult because I think most of us find ourselves having more money than we do time. Right. And I right. can easily throw money at a problem. Well, Someone's got to take that money and then do something with it to help actually meet the need. So 
I'm going to have to divest myself of my time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there's all kinds of things that, that we're going to have to empty ourselves of to be able to serve those that God has called us to serve. Yeah, you use the word divest several times here, and I think one of the things that that we that you mean by that is you might have risen through a rank where you would think, "Well, I'm I'm above this," but God, God keeps on telling you over and over again, "No, you really aren't." Do they need their toilet clean? Go clean their toilet. There are things that we may may or may not think I'm above this, and God is going to tell you, "No, you're really not." If you want to look at my son. I want to show you all the things that he was really above, and that's kind mm-hmm. of your point. Mm-hmm. I think the easiest story that we could go back to is when he washes the disciples' feet. Whose job is that? Well, I mean, it's your job, and yeah. and and that that is that's a really humble and humiliating job, and that's the level Jesus got to. I'll wash your feet for you. That's a really humble thing to do. He took something where he did have the right not to do that, and said, "You know what? I'll take that on." Is that what is that what you're trying to say there? It, it, it is, and I think you may have actually encapsulated that uh, more succinctly than I did. Um, <laughs> and, and again, just just to think of examples, I, I think, and we won't give names. There are brethren at university who they're you know even somewhat older in age. Mm-hmm. They've accomplished a lot in life. Mm-hmm. They have achieved things uh, of of stature. Yeah. And they're also the people that if I call some of our elderly members or some of our sick members and, and I'm and I'm talking with them and I'm hearing from these members who have been in need and who is it that's helping to meet those needs, it's oftentimes these members, these saints who have already accomplished so much in this physical life. But that doesn't mean anything to them. Their time right now is spent in helping to serve others. One of the things that struck me as I was listening to your sermon this morning was the word that that kept on coming back in, in, to my head was stewardship. What is the relationship between being a, a servant and being a steward? That's a great question. And, and that's not really something I, I talked about in the sermon, but I think it's definitely present. I'll go back to where we began in Mark chapter 10, where in verse 35, James and John have come to Jesus, and they're asking for those positions of honor. Mm -hmm. Well, the only reason they can even make that request is because Jesus chose them. Right. You know, they're, they're two of the 12 that Jesus chose. Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee one day and said to James and John, along with Peter and Andrew, come and follow me. Now, mm-hmm. to their credit, they did leave what they had, and they followed Jesus. Right. But everything that they're going to achieve is through Jesus. You know, this kingdom is because of Jesus. Now, granted, by the time we get to Mark chapter 10, they still don't have an understanding of what that kingdom is. Right. But it's not their kingdom. And so all they can do is ask for a position. When we're thinking of, and of course, Jesus will go from there to, to talk about how really, if you want great position in my kingdom, then you serve others, right. which is of course the point. But when we think of what we're doing for others, and, and again, all the things that we may divest ourselves of, if if I'm giving of my money, well, the only reason I have money to give is because God has blessed me with that. If I'm, if I'm thinking about 
the time commitment that may be required of me to be able to serve a brother or a sister or whoever it may be that's in need. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because God has granted me another day to live. This is yeah. his day. This is the day the Lord has made. I think that the two things are hand in hand. What I'm using in service to others is what God has blessed me with. And so he's given this and entrusted it to me to then serve others. And you think of even some of the passages like in Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus is using these judgment uh, illustrations and parables. And of course, what is it that he judges on in that episode where he has the, the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left? Well, you didn't visit me when I was sick. Right. Or when I was in prison. Mm-hmm. Or you didn't give me a cup of water. You didn't feed me. And it, all those things come from, from God. And, and they're being judged based on what they did or did not do with it. Yeah. You talking about that it reminds me of the Good Samaritan. Uh, it, it reminds me, I mean, here t- you think about about the, the priest that, that passed by who undoubtedly had more important things to do than, than to, to take care of a guy who, who was down on his luck. So I'm sure he was hurrying away to something that was of much more importance. And yet the point that Jesus is making is, no, what was right in front of you, that's what was important. You pass by the thing that was important to basically get yourself to a to a, an obligation of power. I think his point was, I gave you these resources. I gave you time. I gave you money. And you used it for the wrong thing. Does that make sense? It does. Um, it even makes me you know think about and I know brethren disagree uh, on this on this passage, but when Jesus is, is reasoning with with some of the Jews, and he's making the point about David and how when David was in need and he goes to the priests and the priests gave him the showbread, you know, he, ga- he gave him yeah showbread, gave him holy food. Yeah, and I know there are some brethren who who think well this wasn't right, uh, he shouldn't have done this. Mm-hmm. But I do think that what you see here is here's this this priest who sees someone in extreme need, and what do I have at hand? I have what God gave me. Right. Now, God says it's my right to eat this. And so, again, I'm, I'm not given the full, complete answer, but I right. do at least think that that where the priest was coming from is this is what God has given me, and so this is what I have on hand to give to David, yeah. and I give it to him. And, and I don't read any condemnation of that in the Scripture. That isn't. That's an example of of I think in that case him being a steward uh, of what God gave him. I quite frankly think you're right as well. I I, I think that's that's exactly. I, I think that has to, has to do with using wisdom. So anyway, that'll be the that'll be the sub podcast that we really start <laughs> next year. It's like we're just going to look at um, weird weird questions in the Bible, and and Kenny and Josh will speculate on on what the answer is. <laughs> Well, I'll be happy to be a part of that one as as well. You know, we would probably triple our readers, our listenership, if, <laughs> if we did that. Maybe so. Every time we talk, Josh, we always find a connection to the family. And and when I was listening to this sermon, the connection to the family just jumped out at me. Do you see the connection between being a servant and being in a family? I do, but. Given the what you've you know how you've put it, I, I would like for you to go ahead and share you know what is it that jumped out to you about the connection with family here? 
I, I'll go ahead and tell you, I have taken calculus. I, I was not a very good, a very good calculus student, but I have taken calculus and some advanced math. But because I have four children, I have now been through second, third, fourth, and fifth grade math four times. And, and the fact is, it's kind of ridiculous that, that I would spend my time going through second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, math this many times. But I'm putting away the expertise that I have in mathematics, and, and by the way, it's very rusty at this point, to help my kids understand something. I'm serving my children. The idea of being a parent is a bunch of repeated sacrifices. Some of these jobs, I, I would say, are, are kind of, I don't know, beneath me, I guess you could say that. But because I love my children, because I love my wife, because I love my family, I go out and spend my time learning that stuff so I can serve them. Does that make sense? It does. And I think we, we certainly see that, you know, when it comes to, to parents, you know, serving their kids, which, I mean, that's what we are. We may be the ones in authority, but just like Jesus, who's God, who serves us, you know, we who are in authority are at the service of our, of our children. Yeah. But I think we also see that that's also the lesson we're trying to instill in our kids to, to, to serve each other. And I won't get into the details, but we had a discussion with one of our kids today mm-hmm. of what we needed him to do to help his brother get to a place where we want him to be. Yeah. And, and that, you know, that's a, an area of service that's not the easiest because it's not, okay, we, we need you to go and help him with his spelling. Or, right. you know, we need you to help him do this chore. We're, we're not having major issues or anything no, like I that. Get it. But I get it. you understand. You understand. Yeah. So what we're asking our kids are to be servants to each other. Yeah. And when you're brothers and you constantly get annoyed with each other, that can be a fairly hard thing to do. But it's something we're going to have to do. And guess what? If you can learn to to serve those who annoy you now, that's going to serve you really well in life. Because you're going to have to do that for people through, throughout the rest of your life. Amen. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have two older children, two younger children. And... What has been such a joy to me, like Emma, Emma taught my youngest daughter, Abby, to, to ride her bicycle. I taught Emma how to ride her bicycle. That's kind of cool. I've, mm-hmm. I've watched Jake help Kent to teach him how to, you know, pal around with his friends and things like that. How it's, to play a video game. It, well, that's true, too. But, but the, it's interesting to watch my kids help each other. And and it's it's not like Emma already knew how to ride a bicycle. She was div- divesting herself of expertise to help Abby to learn how. So I, you know, I, I'm just really proud of him. Yeah, I'm just really a cool proud thing of him. to see. It really is. And so I, you, you talk about your boys helping one another. God bless them in that. That's that is so cool. And imagine how God feels about us when He sees us do the same thing. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, I think this is probably one of the easiest applications we've ever had. So I'll, I'll go ahead and ask it. And I, th- I think this should be simple. How does this being a servant help us with God's upward call? We're called to have this attitude, which was in Christ. And if our goal is discipleship, if our goal is to be not just better than who we used to be, but if our goal is to actually be what God wants us to be, then being a servant is how we're going to get there. Yeah. Because that's, again, Christ in the form of God takes on the form of a servant. And so you and I have to take on that same form. Yeah. And it seems like every time we have the announcements, it doesn't take much reading into the announcements to figure out 
somebody could use my help with something. Mm-hmm. And we get the emails all the time too. There are a lot of ways to serve one another. Some of them are announced, some of them aren't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can just figure out that maybe yep. somebody's moving to Houston and could use some help moving to Houston. Or maybe somebody needs some help getting to and from the doctors or a, a million and one other things that if you'll just open your eyes and start looking for opportunities, they are all around us. That makes sense. Amen. Okay. So what are you going to be talking about next week, Josh? All right. So next week, again, looking at, at Jesus as, as our model, as what we're trying to be, who we're trying to be disciples of, we're going to look at temptation, but I don't want to, I think what we lose sometimes when, when we talk about temptation is we kind of look at temptation as this external force that's trying to exert itself on us. Yeah. When temptation ultimately comes down to, I have a choice, and I have a choice to give in to whatever this desire is, or I have the choice to do what God would want me to do. And so we're looking at how we can be like Jesus in making the wise choice. So it is a lesson about temptation, but we're focusing more on the idea of the choice that temptation presents to us. That sounds good to me. I got to look forward to that one. So anyway, why don't we talk about it next week, Josh? Sounds great, Kenny. All right. Thanks a lot, man. All right, man. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get to know us more, you're welcome to watch a live stream service or join us in person at University Church of Christ in Tampa, Florida. We have all of our information at universitychurchofchrist.org, and we have linked in the show notes the sermon that we talked about today. Until next time, God bless you in your walk with God.